Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, we saw two departures this week on Days of Our Lives. The first was Gilles Marini, whose alter ego, Ted, was killed off. The second was Kyle Lauder, who wrapped up his brief stint as Rex. So this is hot on the heels of Olivia Keegan's exit as Claire, and there are some other departures coming up that we know about. So it's clear the show is in a bit of a pruning period and clearing the canvas to roll out new story. So I have to start by saying that I am super disappointed about Kyle's exit. I know they couldn't bring him back as Brady, which is what first endeared him to soap viewers, because Eric Martzoff has been firmly entrenched in that role for the last 10 years and makes sense. But I felt that the show never really got a handle on who Rex was. I mean, Eric Winter's Rex was a good guy. And Kyle's Rex was a jerk who cheated on Sarah with Mimi and had a child with her. And then for what seems like no reason, doubled down and slept with Sarah's sister, Noelle, which just was completely random and character-destroying as far as I am concerned. Um, And, like, I have to wonder if there was ever a real plan there with him or if he was just a vehicle to bring Sarah back to town. Yeah, I'm disappointed, too. Kyle himself is such a good guy. And when he sat down with us in uh, the podcast studio to discuss his return, his enthusiasm was infectious. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a real missed opportunity. But I think the same could be said uh, for Gilles. He's so handsome and charismatic, and he was in a good age range to mix it up romantically with a lot of really popular women on that show. Mm -hmm. But Ted was, like, linked up to so many criminals and with that so many crimes that he was taken out of the running to be a viable love interest for Hope, certainly. You you can't help but feel that something else could have been written to give him a fighting chance to stay in Salem. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, you know, with Kyle, I can't help but think that there would have been greater success had they paired him with Nadia Bjorland's Chloe. I mean, Kyle was part of one of the biggest triangles between Floey and Broey back in the early aughts. And he and Nadia clearly had chemistry. You know, I feel they saddled him with a no-win situation by making him like the dopey odd man out and Sarah and Eric's romance. And it just, you know, didn't click. And, you know, as for Ted... um, You know, the romance with Hope didn't do any favors for her character either. And boy, did we get emails about it from fans. You know, they were not on board. And I know it's a big challenge to find new stories for characters who have had decades of history to take into account. But I really hope we see Christian Alfonso in a story befitting both her legacy and importance in Salem soon. Yeah, I think if you took an informal poll of Days fans, there would be few items higher on the wish list there than for a really terrific, character-appropriate and character-honoring 
uh, story for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's Hope Brady, gosh darn it. (laughs) Um, Now, speaking of hopes and speaking of things that we have gotten a lot of emails about from viewers, (laughs) uh, we're coming off an enormous reveal for Bolden the Beautiful's Hope, who seven months after giving birth to baby Bath and being told that her daughter was stillborn, the truth came out at last that Bath was very much alive and living right under her nose as Steffi's adopted daughter, Phoebe. I mean, wow. And, you know, fans were so upset with how long it took for it to come out. And, you know, as we've discussed before, they were much more up in arms than GH fans are about Michael and baby Wiley slash Jonah because the show was so single focused on Hope and the Baby. But, you know, I have to say that reveal was amazing. I mean, I had chills when Scott Clifton's Liam put the pieces together and realized that Phoebe was Beth. And I am now such a huge fan of little Henry Samiri, uh, who plays Douglas. I mean, that kid knocked it out of the park in this story, which is something we do not say a lot about child actors. Yeah, let's face it. Like, if that kid was a dud, <laughs> it, it would really have fallen flat. And there aren't that many child actors who can really pull off a big, dramatic, and or emotional moment. But when they do, it really is so impressive. So, Cheers to Henry. And uh, regarding Scott Clifton, he's so natural and Mm -hmm. has such great uh, emotional accessibility. And when what he channeled playing those scenes and holding the baby for the first time, knowing that it was his daughter, all of that was just beautifully done, beautifully played. Um, Yes. And of course, we have to mention our guest today, Annika Noel. I mean, I can't think of someone who has had a more emotional year or more emotional material to play so consistently over like the, you know, from the beginning of 2019 to now. And she has done such a great job. You know, the scenes she played in the wake of Beth's presumed death were so terrific and portraying Hope's grief and making the audience understand why she would turn to Thomas has been like so amazing as well. But her getting Beth back in her arms was definitely the money moment and God did it deliver. For sure. I can't remember the last time someone so new to the genre uh, has been tasked with shouldering like such a large and heavy storyline load, and she has absolutely been impressive. Here, here, um, we have so many questions for her, so let's get her on the phone and hear all about how her 2019 has been. <laughs> Hi, Annika. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course. I'm very excited to talk to you, too. So are we. I mean, this could not be a more perfect time to be talking to you because, of course, the moment that everyone has been literally waiting all year for (laughs) has finally happened and Hope got her baby back. Um, Finally. And the angels sang. You know, and the clouds parted and the sun shone down. <laughs> um, so first describe to us like what the storyline has been like for you. Um, well, um, you know, it's been it's been uh, really the most <clears throat> challenging thing I've ever had to take on as an actor, um, having to sustain this level of grief for so long and, and still try to find the layers and, and the levels and the depth and, and playing the different notes of grief and uh, loss and um, and have it still be genuine and fresh. So um, it's really been, um, honestly, I'm a little, I'm a little emotionally, I'm very happy on hi- that I'm on hiatus right now. It's been a little emotionally draining. <laughs> but, <laughs> I bet. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been, it, it took on a life of its own, really. Like, I, I don't know what, what the, the overall arc is or where it's going. You know, we just kind of get our scripts the uh, week before. And so it's just, you know, when you're in the weeds and you're just trying to, you know, kind of, okay, when is, like, where, where is this going? You know, all those kind of stuff. So you're just kind of taking it uh, week by week, uh, almost like the audience is discovering right now. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really, um, interesting. It's been challenging, um, and also exciting because I've surprised myself in ways that I didn't think or know I was capable of as an actor. What was your approach to pacing yourself and just handling the challenge of having to summon that amount of emotion for so long? <laughs> it was funny as I used to like really struggle with crying before as an actor. <laughs> That's very surprising, actually, because <laughs> you do it so well. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, the soap, uh, the soap opera environment kind of, um, you know, it's a muscle, and the more you use it, the easier it gets. And and then you're in, like, actor boot camp being on a soap opera where you have one take, and you need to be emotionally ready, and you need to be listening, and, you know, there's no there's really not a lot of time for any sort of do-over. So um, it kind of demands it of you. And as you're living the storyline, you know, it's, you're in it. So it's, it's definitely easier to, um, to kind of go to those places. Um, but, you know, I, I went to theater school and, you know, studied all the, you know, Strasbourg, Meisner, the method, all those <laughs> things. But really at the end of the day, it's what, works for you in that moment. And, um, you know, I'm just surrounded by the most amazing and supportive cast and crew. And when you're working with people like Jackie and Scott, it's, um, and Kevin Kelly Lang, you know, it's very easy to feel safe, to open up that kind of vulnerable part of yourself and to go to those places. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me say this. Um, Fans were really upset over this storyline. I monitor our uh, email that we get from fans and viewers, and I have literally never gotten this many emails about Bold and Beautiful in, I mean, ever. And um, they emailed every day. So they did not like that Hope was being kept away from Baby Beth. And I mean, Mm -hmm. there are other storylines on other shows that have played out or, and are currently playing out that people are not as divided over. Um, so were you aware of the fan reaction to this story? Uh, yeah, because unfortunately, you know, we're required to have social media. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly been, been getting added at a lot. You know, they're adding me and um, making their opinions known. But I also love seeing the engagement, the fact that this story has spoken to so many people that people have had such a visceral kind of reaction to it. It means that we're doing our job right. I completely understand, though. I, I mean, when fans are like, oh, we just want you to get your baby back. And I'm like, trust me, nobody wants it more than me. Because, <laughs> you know, it's been emotionally very... Um, exhausting and um but i'm it means that we're we're doing our job right and i and i get it because it's not it's a very heavy storyline it's a very dark storyline it's not um and you know there hasn't really been anything else on the canvas canvas to balance it out with some levity so it's been um it i can understand why why people are you know feel so passionate about it um but it's certainly been i mean 
yeah, the fact that they're going there, it's been, um, it's been something. And I'm curious to see how the fallout will kind of transpire and, and how that will all work out. So you said, trust me, no one wants this more than, than I do. <laughs> um, yeah. How, like, did you know when it was coming to an end or did you just find out in your script? No, yeah, we, we just kind of get the script the week before we film it. Um, so wow. I had no idea that it would be kind of as drawn out as it was going to be drawn out and, and how it would all kind of come, how everything would unfold. You know, I didn't, we're, we're in the dark as well. So, um, for me, it was just about trying to find the, the different layers and the nuances and, um, while still making it as genuine as possible, because this is a subject matter that I I don't take lightly. And I know many women in my life who have been um, affected by or touched by some sort of loss or, or birth um, difficulty and, and stuff of that matter or of that nature. So, you know, it was a very important storyline to me to, to make it as truthful and as genuine as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look back on the past seven months, uh, what would you describe as your toughest days and your favorite days of playing out this story? The toughest day was when I had to be very emotionally <laughs> upset uh, towards Sally and the puppy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were not nice about that puppy. <laughs> that puppy was the sweetest sweetest little thing. I honestly, I almost went home with him. Um, I just, I don't know how burrito man would have felt about that if I did, but, uh, I mean that little Oscar, his name was Oscar and he was just had the cutest little fluffy ears. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge, huge animal lover. And I, you know, volunteer at the shelters and I foster dogs. And so that honestly, Having and I and uh, Courtney and I, we made sure that we were like, okay, we're doing this in one take because we we don't want to subject this poor dog to you know any more than he needs to be. And I, you know, I spent a good half hour with him before, and an hour just snuggling with him after because I didn't have any scenes after. Um, so that was the hardest because this little, honestly, that's what triggered for me. That scene was just seeing his face because he was just looking at me like. But we were just friends. Like, <laughs> we, were, we were, like, snuggling before. And why are you so upset now? Like, I could just see it in his little puppy eyes. And it just, it just like, unleashed this avalanche. Of like, <laughs> you know? So that was probably the most difficult. Um, as well as, you know, working with with babies and, and newborns. And, you know, I uh, that's also a very new challenging thing to me um because I, I haven't really had anyone in my life with with newborns yet or babies so it's been a while since like I my babysitting days since I um kind of have done that and I just made sure to spend a lot of time with the with the children on set and working with their mothers and, and getting that familiarity um to have that interaction and that bond with them but um yeah so that was, those were the most difficult probably and then um Honestly, like some of the most uh, enjoyable scenes have just been with Scott. Like he and I now we've been working together as a couple on the show for about actually I think year and a half now, mm-hmm. year year and a half. And um, 
it's just so organic now and, and easy. And it's always fun. We always surprise each other with, um, kind of these nuances and, and choices within the scene. And, and it's always just, it's always just, I always look forward to my scenes with Scott. Cause it's always, I always know that it's going to be, um, just exciting, I guess. And that's something I always, as a performer and an actor, you look forward to is, wow, I, I didn't even think of that level or that kind of angle of how you just said that. Or, or it, so it's a really fun give and take between him and I and the scenes. And so that's always fun. And Jackie, too. I, oh gosh, wait till you see. Oh, wait till you see these scenes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, she's a powerhouse. So you said that, you know, crying does get easier in time, which I think is interesting. Um, but were there times where you felt like I just can't cry anymore? Like my body is done producing tears? Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Did you feel pressure for like the money moment of actually finding out about Beth to really bring the tears? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a whole thing yeah and, and you know it's more so I was more scared of because you know these the goals that we have gotten with these babies it's insane because they're babies they aren't actors they and the fact that we've been able to capture moments where she's saying dada or she's saying mama and it's just these and oh my gosh when when Liam finds out for the first time and Scott came in the room I was watching on the monitor there was this moment where Madeline just like reached up and touched his face mm-hmm. and he's crying and then it just was it's un, we've gotten so lucky with these babies but I think that was the biggest thing was okay you know there's that pressure to have that magical connection and have that moment. But if, you know, the baby's tired that day or it, they've already been on set for three hours and, you know, you never know what you're in their teething right now. So you never know what you're going to get. And so that was my main, that was my main fear, which is like, oh gosh, I hope she really likes me today. <laughs> I hope that's there. It's crazy though. They look at you so intently. <laughs> I mean, the the discussion of like Hope having, you know, Hope feeling a bond when she thought the babies were Phoebe or the baby was Phoebe wasn't fake. I mean, it's like the baby really just looking in, at you in the way that she did, like really captured that feeling. It was yeah, kind of insane. I, I, well, I also just as an actor outside of, you know, this wasn't required of me, but for me and my performance and and the, what I wanted, hopefully, to create this kind of magic on screen, I spent so much time um, outside of work with the kids when they were on set. And, you know, I, they weren't even in scenes with me, but I'd wait in the room with them until their scenes and play with them and get to know their moms, get to know their likes, their dislikes, you know, oh, this one likes it when you blow on her face or this one um, loves her teething ring right now. And that was really important to me. And actually, Madeline, I was there because we knew we had this thing coming up at, with the wedding where she was supposed to say mama. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go and work with her and her mom and we'd just be saying like, mama, mama. And the first time she actually ever said mama was when I was in the room with her and her mom. It was a really Aww, beautiful, magical moment. 
I know. It's crazy. I, I actually, in the moment, I didn't know that was the first time she ever said it ever. <laughs> like, wow. it, was, it was and it was just it was so great though and the moms have just been so supportive of me and just um kind of getting me used to just like how to hold a baby you know how you know as they grow because you know a newborn is very different from where they are now and so they've just been great with just being so open with um supporting me and and kind of uh, allowing me to form that bond with their daughters. So I have to thank the moms as well. <laughs> um, we were just complimenting, speaking of like the amazing uh, youthful talent on the show, uh, we were just complimenting <laughs> little Henry Samiri. What is he like to work with? Henry! Oh my gosh, I adore Henry. He is, this is like such an old timey saying, but he's a hoot. <laughs> that a hoot. Like he is, is this this little spitball of energy and he'll just be sitting there like dancing up right up until they call action. And then the minute they call action is just boom, focus, says the line. Um, it's really amazing to watch. And he also has an, a fantastic knowledge of just music and rock and roll. So his really? parents taught him well. Cause yeah, in between I'll be like, okay. Do you know this ACDC song? He's like, yeah. Do you know this Metallica song? I'm like, yeah. Do you know this Led Zeppelin song? And he's just, he's so, and he's only five. It's so, we forget, you know, this has been a very, I'm amazed at how much this little boy has taken on and he's just done it with um, flying colors. And plus he's so cute. He's just so cute. He's great. He is. And he's so natural. Like that's just the stuff that he's had to do, you know, just, I feel like we've seen other child performers not really tackle that kind of material as well. And it's just a testament to him. I mean, my God, he is talented. Yeah. He's incredibly smart too. And I think that has a lot to do with it. He just is such an intelligent, inquisitive and really bright boy. And we may or may not also bribe him with video games, but you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. We just get through this and then we promise we'll play video games after. <laughs> so he's, but he's the best. And yeah, it's certainly been like a, a, a child, like day, daycare boot camp. Like I feel like I could babysit anybody right now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, now you've obviously all worked so closely together through this story, you and Jackie and Scott and Matthew, how would you describe your backstage dynamic? I am so, so unbelievably grateful for all of them. It's been a lot of episodes very quickly, many weeks in a row. And actually even during one of that, we, you know, we went to Monte Carlo for the television festival and came back and literally came back, I think at like eight or nine o'clock at night that night and went straight to filming the next day. So it's been a lot just workload wise, but everyone has been so understanding of just the reality of the situation. And like Jackie has been my, like my everything. I, she is like, I just look at her sometimes and she's like, girl, like, just hang in there, like keep keep going, and uh, and they've all been so understanding. You know, when you have those days when you're stressed or it's just emotionally exhausting and you're drained, or just a day where your brain is all foggy, and we've really been each other's support system in all of this. And we want to 
tell the best story that we can. And, and we all work very closely with each other and trying to make that happen. And so I, I, you know, I couldn't have done any of it without any of them. And I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, it's just like a beautiful little, uh, support chain. We're like a cheerleading team. We're like each other's cheerleaders. It's really great. <laughs> that is, yeah. It's certainly better than the alternative. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And you, you couldn't find that anywhere on bold, which is, I love it. I mean, there's not a single person with ego or any sort of drama. It's, it's such an amazing supportive cast and also the crew and production, you know, when we have these very heavy emotional days, they're great and they're super supportive and, you know, they kind of know when to give us time or give us space so that we can emotionally get there. And they've been so understanding and I'm just really, really grateful for them. That's why <laughs> I was like, I, I treated everyone to a fluff ice truck just to be like, thank you <laughs> like, for just bearing with me these past, what is it? Seven months, six months of just really heavy emotional storyline. Cause you know, I couldn't have done it without, without everyone just being so awesome. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm really, I love, I love our show. We got, we got good people on our show. They're great. Mm-hmm. That was super classy of you. Yeah. Any, anyone who goes a dessert route has, has, has my, my hat is off to them. <laughs> I learned, I learned from the best. I learned, uh, uh, Sean Aston and Clint Eastwood were some people I worked with earlier in my career and just seeing, kind of just the respect they give to crew members and the respect they give to, you know, that environment and the process it takes to kind of create this art form. Um, I mean, Sean Aston, the first thing I worked on was a, was a Hallmark movie, Love's Christmas Journey, and he treated everyone the last week of production to a coffee truck. And he was just the sweetest, like, he was just like, he was the best. And so I, I've been so lucky and so, um, blessed to have worked with people who just are who you want to exemplify and who you want to kind of emulate in a way as you're coming up. And I just try to always stay grateful and always try to show my appreciation because it really is a team effort. It really is a group effort to make this magic happen when we're under the time crunch we're under to do it. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, so you're still like a relative newcomer to the show. Um, let's go back though, to your early days as hope, like what stands out to you about, you know, your first couple of days, weeks, months there. I was very blonde. <laughs> <laughs> very suddenly. I, yeah, I was, I was very blonde. And, um, I think they were still, we were still trying to figure out her look and then we landed on boho at some point um but it's funny because I I look back and I see um it's just you always hear about how demanding soap operas are and the pacing and how much material it is but it's only really when you're in it and you're seeing it it's it's just honestly astounding what this what we do in daytime and it's such a unbelievable task that uh, all the soaps are given to create this much content with the budget they have and the time they have to do it, which is not a lot. And everyone manages to pull it off beautifully. So I think I, I, through doing it and being a part of it, have just, 
even more, I already respected the art form, but even more respect for the work everyone puts in and, and how much effort it takes to do it. I was actually talking to Denise Richards because she's on her show and she was like, I have never on a production been so exhausted after filming before and you know film everything you can be on set for 20 hours a day sometimes but there's something about having to do the amount of material you have to do in the time crunch you have to do it like one take that it just your brain you have to be so focused and give so much energy uh, that by the end of it you're just like completely wiped out so I certainly have a better understanding of that now um than I did before um but yeah it's fun and when I look back at Hope she was still kind of you know um coming in and it yeah it's certainly like I look at those scenes and I'm like oh she's the new girl (laughs) she's here she is she's coming back and you know fell right back into Liam's right back into Liam's silly eyes again didn't she (laughs) she just just couldn't resist (laughs) yeah um, do you remember a moment of feeling like hope was really yours or the character had really become part of you? I think that the 8,000th episode, the child loss scene, um, I think that really was the springboard for uh, maybe proving myself as an actor in a way that I haven't yet had the opportunity to do on the show and I think I earned a lot of people's um just trust that day on set that you know she has a handle on the character she I you know I think she has an understanding and that then has allowed me to delve even deeper into her sense and the journey she's been on since and um yeah I think that was the turning point for um me as a as a character but also me as an actor as well that was a a really kind of magical day on set that day that you know Scott and I we was really heavy material and you know I did all my research leading up to it and we just kind of looked at each other that day we didn't over rehearse it we just wanted to be there in the moment and then that's what happened and it was a really you know one of those rare times as an actor and as a performer, where you go, like, that was something special, what we just did there and what we were able to do. So that was a really cool, um, that episode means a lot to me and personally and professionally. Yeah, I think it's like really cool that you've had the opportunity to build the confidence in yourself as an artist <laughs> that can only come with like having that challenge and meeting it, you know? Yeah. I, and again, it just was like, you, you kind of sometimes, when other people group you into stuff or, or you have blinders on or, or you self-limit, um, yeah, that can be a disservice in some ways to you. And I, when I was a brunette, I was always playing kind of tougher characters or, or just, you know, women that weren't very vulnerable. And, you know, that was something I was afraid of. And that was something that I wasn't sure I was capable of burying myself in that way to an international audience. And, um, you know, through the show, I've learned that I actually am so much more capable of as an actor than I realized. And I'm growing and learning every day. That's the thing. I'm just, I've always 
been a sponge. I've studied it. I've always wanted to learn from the best and the people around me are some of the best. And uh, it's been a very fun journey because I, I can attest that this show has made me grow as a performer in so many beautiful ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of you as a brunette, it seems every Valentine's Day I start getting emails from people asking <laughs> if you are in a Dairy Queen commercial, <laughs> which it is you. Um, they play yes. it like every year. Did you ever think that it would have that kind of longevity? I, you know, what broke my heart is that apparently they discontinued. I just got the email like a few months ago that they, you know, aren't putting me on hold anymore. And I was so sad because that was like, Oh my gosh, that commercial treated me real well. <laughs> um, and you know, I loved I you know I did comedy before this. Like I I loved improv. I love you know I did Groundlings and uh, commercials are a really fun way to flex those muscles and you get to improvise a lot and um, and they help pay for health insurance. So <laughs> win win exactly. Yes, Any way you slice it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I do. I get nostalgic for my brunette hair. I certainly do. Although they've, they've started letting me go a little a little darker on the show just because it's healthier for my hair. My hair is kind of getting a little damaged. So I've gotten to go more California beachy blonde instead of platinum. So I'm kind of grateful for that. <laughs> give, my, give my hair a little rest. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Granted, I imagine you haven't had a ton of free time in the last seven months, but how do you like to spend your time away from work? Honestly, it's just decompressing because it's been so emotional and you're so exhausted after, you know, I sometimes memorize 80 pages a day and I'm up at six going over everything and and then I'm there sometimes until seven and then I start the whole process over again. So it's really been, I feel like I've, I'm I'm now a marathon runner, but in regards to acting, <laughs> I really just feel like that. Um, so when I come home, it really is just a decompression time and a time for me to just turn my brain off, watch some reality show, snuggle with my cat, and just, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, Real Housewives, just something that I can, you know, just turn my mind off and you know, just get to snuggle with my, with my little burrito man. So our, our eyes have, have bulged because between the housewives and RuPaul's Drag Race, you've hit all of the sweet spots here. (coughs) Who are your favorite queens, Annika? Oh, don't get me started because I will, (laughs) I will literally, I mean, I, I'm also friends with some of them. Um, so Mara has just had a moment. I just need you. I've left my body. Who are you friends with? Now I don't even care who you like. (laughs) Anytime you come out, Shangela and I are close. Uh, I'm exiting the podcast and getting on a flight. I just got back from LA. Why, why couldn't, why couldn't we have had this conversation last week? I just went to drag queen bingo at hamburger Mary's. You should have come. With me, <laughs> she's it, shaking it her is, head. I'm, I'm livid. And twirl, and twirl, and head, <laughs> head, head, across the board. I was listening yes, to I, Shangela's podcast on my way to work today about uh, her performance at Barclay Center, which I attended last month. You know that she was on Bold and Beautiful, right? No. Yeah, like way back in the day, she had a little thing on Bold and Beautiful, and we actually, that's why we bonded. I saw her 
out of drag at Hamburger Mary. She was supporting, you know, her friends at a performance. And we just started talking and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, Chris Lye, who's our makeup artist. And, you know, and she was like, I was on, you know, I was on that stuff. So it was just, it, we kind of bonded over that. And That's amazing. Now, now she's, you know, Miss Beyonce lip sync for your life, you know, just amazing I like I'm in and the thing that I love about it is that it's such a positive show when you're filming these really really heavy dark storylines and dealing with um this really emotional subject matter um I want to watch something positive and inspiring and something that's going to make me feel good and so RuPaul's Drag Race is one of those things and I I honestly I've stopped I used to watch really heavy stuff, like really, you know, just all, give me all the acting, give me all this stuff. And like, and during the storyline, I'm like, I just, I have to watch comedy or like romance, something that's upbeat and happy. Like I just need some sunshine and rainbows in my life right now. (laughs) (laughs) my Yeah. So, um, that and queer eye, obviously. Um, but, um, I've already like gotten through season three. I, I could not love that show more. Oh, we could, I, I could honestly, we could do a whole other podcast. <laughs> I could, matter. I just want to hang out with Tan France like all day. <gasps> yes. And I want him I, to I'm, talk I to actually, me. That's all. I want to hear his I, voice all day. I just want to be best friends with Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a little like ray of light. And I just like, I want a friend like that. He's just like, you got it, honey. Like, keep doing you, boo. Like, <laughs> I just, I would love that just source of positivity. <laughs> I just found out that Anthony is my neighbor. Oh. <gasps> you better be knocking on his door for some guacamole recipes. <laughs> <laughs> with, with uh, Greek yogurt, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That so we learned that it is okay to add sour cream and Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you wanted you that you like to decompress with positive, uplifting shows, and yet you're watching The Real Housewives <laughs> with all that, the yelling. <laughs> you know, I actually had to. I used to be like a multi-franchise watcher, but I had to narrow it down to two because I felt like the others were just yelling for the sake of yelling a little bit. Um, so I pretty much just am very loyal to my Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and my Real Housewives of New York. And every now and then I'll dabble in Atlanta because I want to check in on my girl Nene. But like, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, it's just so, it's so good. Do you grill Denise about it? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and she's so cool because I was afraid to kind of reveal my true fangirl <laughs> self when she first started. I was like a little scared, but then her assistant, Mikey, who is so sweet, who actually was the waiter in the hotel mm-hmm. when he came to brought to bring room service, that's actually Denise's assistant, and he's really sweet. But he, he was like, Girl, it's fine. She's so chill. Like, it's okay. So I basically. <laughs> When I finally saw her outside of set at the anniversary party, I was like, I just need to say, like, I'm such a big fan. (laughs) Dr. Christmas Jones was my favorite Bond girl, and Drop Dead Gorgeous was my everything growing up, and my sister and I can quote that movie from her, and uh, also, like, tell me everything about the puppy gate. (laughs) 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 Tell me me everything about Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy, please. (laughs) 
And she's so um, chill. She is the kindest, most down-to-earth person who she is on that show is exactly who she is in real life. And she is so humble and just so um, has an amazing energy about her. And I really enjoyed We actually got to spend more time together in Monte Carlo and talk. And she's just a cool freaking chick. Like, she's just, she's the best. So, um, yeah, I I have completely quizzed her. And maybe off the off the podcast, I can tell you some 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 little juicy bits and pieces I might have heard. Oh, well, so. c- count us in for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> off the record. Yes, off the record, of course. Um, well, it has been so much fun talking to you, and certainly just watching this story play out. Um, I'm super excited for what's next because I feel like you're all tweeting that it's really just the beginning of the next chapter. Yeah, there's a, a lot of fallout that that happens and um yeah i'm i'm excited for the for, i hope you guys track yourself in it's a roller coaster right because here we go yep we are in um anyway thank you so much annika and have a great day we'll talk to you soon. it was a pleasure talking to you bye nice have a good bye. one bye have a good one Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Annika Noel for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. Podcast.